G'day and welcome back to the Shit Dad Podcast, where we turn you from lad to quintessential Aussie dad, celebrating the fatherhood wins and bins along the way. I'm Cam. And I'm Nick. And we are without Dave this week, who I think has pink eye or something going on a bit <laughs> weird. Uh, he's poked in the eye by his daughter and he, yeah. he's unable to come in. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, in lieu of Dave, obviously, we're, we're really excited tonight to be joined by Alan Ball, who's the National Director for White Ribbon Australia. Thank you very much for coming on, Alan. Ah, uh, no problems. Good evening. It's great to be here. So thanks for the invite. No worries. I don't have pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> At Sorry. least one of us. <laughs> safe to be here, right? Yeah, yeah fully that's right. safe. Yeah. yeah, we kept him away. Yeah. No, we really appreciate your time. You mentioned you've been flying all over the place. You've been overseas. You've been around the country. So um, you're in Brisbane, obviously, at the moment. So uh, lucky enough to be doing this in person. Oh, look, I, I'm going to probably make some enemies here, but this is the best city to be in. So yes. best city to record in. And, and the best fatherhood podcast as well. Oh, no doubt this is the best fatherhood <laughs> podcast yeah. in the world. In the world, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. We'll tell Hamish Blake that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Hamish who? Yeah. <laughs> Now, a little bit of housekeeping for that as well. So anyone, any listeners, uh, please get in touch. Uh, send us your shit dad stories to shitdadpod at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram at shitdadpod. Uh, slide into those DMs and share your stories or also any uh, questions uh, that you have around whether it's uh, new kids or, uh, you know, those kind of teenage years. Uh, shoot them through and we'll try and answer some of those. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple. And I've got something new this week, Cam, that I want our listeners to get into. They, I want them to leave us a one-word review. Ooh. Not anything special at all, just because how funny would it be if people go to the, the reviews and comment section to, to, to hear how good our show is and all they see is like, butts <laughs> chalk just random one word and it keeps us relevant because we get the uh the ratings as yeah, well yeah but and super easy it's absolute nonsense and we love that so yeah. that's sort of what we're all about so yeah make sure you give us a uh, five star on spotify and apple and a one word review because it only takes one word to get the gist also first week we've we're finally on board with nakey hammocks yeah, so very exciting I want every dad in Brisbane slash Queensland slash Australia to get involved with Nakey Hammocks because, uh, like I said um, last episode, I've got one. I've had one for a year now and I reckon it's, I've been in it almost every day for the whole year. They're that comfy. They're recycled. Um, they're reasonably reasonably priced. Um, and if you w- use the word dad pod, D-A-D-P-O-D, at checkout, you get 10% off and free shipping. Pretty good. Yeah, heck yeah. We spoke about this last week about that being the ultimate thing to do. Yeah. You know, yes, it's nice to have a little uh, have a little kip in the middle of the day, but if you can do it in a hammock outside, even better. Definitely. The kids love them. And also if you, you can sort of justify that midday kip because if one of the kids is in there with you, they get bored after a couple of minutes and bugger off and leave you to have a kip. It's great. <laughs> Sounds great. Ultimate Father's Day present. Dad pod, was it? Dad pod. For the 10% off. 10% off. Ah, fantastic. I'm and going to that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll chuck that in the show notes. Uh, now, we're continuing our ABC of shit daddery uh, and it wouldn't uh, be, rem- it would be remiss of me if I didn't mention F uh, this week for Father's Day. So, obviously, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but essentially, we're continuing our bad dad vice uh, one letter at a time. We're going to essentially, so, you know, Alan, we're filling out the entire alphabet and we're going to publish a, a book uh, around what not to do. <laughs> the worst selling book. That's, yeah, yeah. You're going to have a bestseller and a worst seller and I'm happy to take either. And we'll do one print, one print. One print. <laughs> 
on print only. <laughs> Exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this week for F for Father's Day, my ABC of shit daddery is uh, fruit and fish fingers. Mm. Um, so essentially uh, any new dads out there, essentially you know that by the time your kids are kind of in that, you know, one to two to three year age, that's pretty much all you'll be eating. And so it's okay if you have the same thing as your kids. And in fact, my love of fish fingers has grown again has since having kids. Mm. Question, how much sauce do you require for your fish fingers? Because I can't, I think they're inedible. So I have to have more <laughs> sauce than fish fingers. We do the uh, the old uh, tomato sauce and mayo combo. Ooh, fancy. Mix it up, make it pink, good to go. How good is that? That's, um, that's one for the book. Anyway, mine is follow me to the dump. <laughs> it's the only place where child labour is acceptable and they actually love it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Get them. That's, we've been doing that a lot lately. I mentioned we're in the garden uh, at the moment. So we're redoing uh, all of the backyard, trying to clear everything out. And when you encourage the kids to get in and have a go, and I've, I've started, my daughter's five now, and she's uh, started really enjoying chores. Uh, she's ab- absolutely obsessed now. So she gets in there every weekend and she's asking how are we going to, you know, cut things down or what I'm going to do. So wow. fill the green bin, that's her favourite little how activity. How long is this going to last? you got to milk that. I know. That's unreal. I know. Very exciting. Um, now we're going to get stuck into the chew. The chew. Bent. Yarn. Convo. Chinwag. Chat. Shoot the breeze. A heart to heart. Spilling the tea. Dad discussion. What do you think? Pretty good? That is epic. That is some. Still my favourite jingle. Look, I've had um, hardly any sleep and um, we've talked so far pink eye, <laughs> fish fingers and hammocks. And then I hear that. Yeah, yeah, wake you up. <laughs> oh, I, I'm totally into this right now. Did that great, not just great. take you back to your teenage years of getting up and watching Rage in the morning on a Saturday? <laughs> or not going to bed and seeing that um, as you go to bed. Outstanding. That's the way you do it, right? <laughs> Rage was the day. Oh, so good. Um, now... Quickly, I want to touch on Father's Day wrap-up. So, um, Nick, did you get up to anything exciting on Father's Day? Went to the tip. Nice. Yep. No, uh, Father's Day, I was in between night shifts, so Father's Day for me was was quite chill. Um, really enjoyed it still. The kids were, they didn't, like, make it about themselves with the tantrums and carry on that much, which was nice. So I got home from work and sat on the couch exhausted and got the uh, the prezzies from the kids, which was really nice, all the Father's Day stall stuff, which... I knew was coming because I was I organised the Father's Day stall, so that was a bit of fun. I actually spent an extra twenty five bucks at said stall of stuff that I actually wanted as well, <laughs> and just chucked it in their bag. And I was like, "Just give that to me on Father's Day." Is that Day. to guarantee you get something you yeah. want? Yeah, <laughs> but the worst part is they think it's all theirs and they want to keep playing with it. But that's all good. We'll get into that a bit later. But um, after that, we went for a little walk up to the park because it was a nice day. Um, Played a bit of b-ball and kicked the footy with the kiddos and they rode their bikes and stuff. That was really nice. Um, They got sick of that and it was sunny and we forgot their hats so we went home and um, ended up playing, oh, we're going to play the Switch and I thought, no, let's stay outside. It's really nice. So we went to the dump, obviously. And um, just the amount of dads that were at the dump just in their happy place. On Father's Day. On Father's Day. It was just so nice to see. Like I don't think I saw one car that wasn't a dad with a kid in it. And it was packed, and I was like, "This is unreal." Um, ended up, sit like on the. Uh, that's where I got the child labour from because all the kids were just frothing to help. It was yeah. so cool; they were buzzing around everywhere and like throwing stuff into the skip. Um, I even saw a dad pull over in his ute 
saw the kid in the like in the windows, just sort of like pointing at something, and he ran across the road and picked a couple of flowers, and ran back to his car. I was like, oh, that's pretty nice. A dad just doing dad stuff. Yeah, and nice. Yeah, it was really good. And uh, yeah, I'll get into my. There was a bit more about the tip, but I'll save that for shit dad stories. So. Okay. Cool, cool. But yeah, it was nice overall. Went back to work that night too, so I didn't really enjoy the the couple of beers that come with the Sunday Arvo, but that's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I um I uh, was lucky enough to get down to Ether again Ooh. to pick up a gift for my dad. So after we did our hundredth episode, we uh, we were recording at Ether Brewing in Brizzy here, Alan. So uh, my dad was a big fan of the peanut butter stout. Nice. And so I went in and I managed to get him. It's called a mini keg, and it was five liters of it. And I gave it to him, and his eyes lit up. But he's like. I'm going to drink all this by myself. So he's all excited now to get his mates over and share that. Ah, with them. that's so, awesome. How uh, yeah, that? He was very excited to receive that. Um, but, you yeah, know, we just uh, did a bit of the family time with, uh, yeah, my dad and then uh, managed to get to the Bolo in the Arvo as How well. Good. So going Couple off of down skills. at the uh, Banyo Bowls Club. Yeah, nice. Yeah. All the dads down there. What do you get up to, Alan? Oh, look, I, I was travelling, so I think I was stuck in about thousands of kilometres up in the sky. Oh, so, okay. yeah. So not much. I think not I'm sleeping yeah, not. for the whole of Father's Day. <laughs> Definitely not at a dump. So. Yeah. <laughs> with pink eye. Yeah, with pink eye and fish fingers. <laughs> now, we asked our listeners on Instagram uh, to send us what they received, uh, the best kind of Father's Day, best and worst uh, gifts they received. So a couple here. Uh, one dad got a handball that says dad. Uh, and he says, I low-key feel like it wasn't for me though, hashtag gifts for yourself. True that. So it's pretty common with the kids to get these yeah. things at the stores, is it? And yeah. then just gift them for themselves. Like we're sort of sitting there going, oh, would dad like that? Mm. Or would mum like that or whatever? Um, and, yeah, they're just like, yeah, totally. And it's literally like a, a desktop game that they they want to play and then they just get a card or a key ring for mum and dad or mum or dad. And it's like, wow. What do you do? You just like they've got the money. They're, just, they're so excited to give yeah. their dad. So you just yeah. like whatever. That's fine. This is interesting. Fart noise key ring. Great gift. Annoyed the kids, and they think it's theirs. That was yours. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> so I said to my boys, I was like, I need one of these fart key rings because it's going to be so good for the podcast. And then I obviously forgot it because <laughs> it's me. But. I was like, you need to, one of you need to get me this fart keyring. I don't care what I, any of the other stuff. Yet, get me that. Um, but yeah, he got it, and then he took it out and played with it at school. And then, like on Father's Day morning, when I walked in the door, he's just like, <laughs> not not hello, Dad. How are you going? Literally ran up to me with fart keyring, just pressing the farts, and I was like, oh fuck, okay, standard boys. Really then. frustrating because he actually thinks it's his now. I'm like, no, it's going on my keyring, bud. We had another one here, black box coffee beans and a beard trimmer. That's pretty good. That's a good gift. Yeah. That's that, an epic gift. Yeah. Some some coffee and some... Uh, we were talking about child labour before. I wonder how, how young the kid is to, to put them to work to afford that. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's, that's coming from mum. Uh, a book I already had and a coffee cup for work that I knew about. Can't blame Mr. Three for it. <laughs> oh, that's giving the wife a bit of stink eye there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, um, this is from a shit mum uh, listener. Shout out! Uh, I got hubby a Weber barbecue. Best oh, wife. That is. That's such a good present. That is epic. Wow. That's sort of not that's Father's bougie. Day territory, but it is like it's such a good Father's Day present. You mm-hmm. know, like that's hundreds of dollars worth of shit. It's like most dads are getting a cup of tea and yeah. <laughs> some shit gifts from the, the Father's Day store. We, we were discussing in our in our um, our mates chat around. We think that it's. Father's Day is kind of, it's more around, it's not about the stuff you're getting, it's really just more around um, 
you know, spending time with the fam. But if they're getting excited about the gifts they're giving you, um, then, you know, obviously that's really exciting. That's too. the best part, hey, yeah. the look on their face when they give you this piece of paper with their fingerprints and like some fun like sayings on it. Like dad, dad's name is blah, dad's age is, and they're usually pretty funny. Yeah. But the look on their face when they give it to you is just priceless, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. So good. I, um, I managed to uh, get a, a new uh, barbecue apron, which is obviously very essential, uh, and then some some shorts like I'm wearing tonight. So, Jeez, um. Jess has got to lift her game. The other guy got a Weber. I know. I'll tell her <laughs> after this. Maybe, maybe it's going to be a collaboration. Oh, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Weber comes at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe um, I can give her the code for the, uh, the Nike hammock. Yeah. <laughs> But that apron can also be used in the kitchen, right? So That's right, yes. Yeah, yeah, so it's multifunctional. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, let's uh, let's not uh, delay any longer. Let's get stuck into our interview with you, Alan. So, once again, thank you for joining us tonight. Very excited to have you on board. Um, obviously, an important thing that we'd like to, uh, you know, promote on this podcast is um, healthy discussions around men and it doesn't just have to be fatherhood, no, masculinity, masculinity yeah. all of that. So um, really, really excited to hear your perspective um, on that and, and what we're seeing at the moment with men in Australia. But first and foremost, we'd love it if you could just tell us a bit about yourself, um, your family and your, your life as a dad. Yeah, look, I, um, I'm an Aussie. Um, yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's a good way of starting it. Um, my, my dad is probably my biggest hero. Um, he um, raised me and my sister, um, single father. My, my mum um, died um, when we were quite young. So my dad stepped into this role that he probably didn't have no book for, didn't have any guidance on, um, but he just made it work. So he, when we talk about dads, like when we talk about shit dads, uh, my dad's a shit as dad. <laughs> yeah, good. And I mean that in the best possible way. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so, and right now I, I have a five-year-old daughter, um, gorgeous little girl, probably don't see her as much as I should. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I just love, I love how things are evolving here across Australia about the acceptance of dads um, moving into more of that shared parenting responsibility and because that's exactly where we should be. Some of the stereotypes and stigmas are being broken down. That's exciting. Um, but other than that, I, I look after and I'm the national director for White Ribbon Australia um, and part-time enthusiast try to go to the gym, um, try to lift some weight. So <laughs> not as strong as this firefighter. <laughs> I give it my best shot. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I like long walks by the beach. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. What else do you need with my life? No, that's no, good. That's great, yeah. Um, what made you want to become a father? What, well, obviously you had that great role model growing up. Absolutely, and yeah. And do you, do you sort of base the way you bring your daughter up on your dad? I love my dad. Um, like everyone thinks they've got the best dad, right? Um, I reckon I could trump you on that. So, yeah, and I, like... I just, I think this notion that this is one way to be, um, we need to blow that up and disrupt it, right? Um, we need kindness, compassion, empathy, um, respect. Um, and my dad espouses those in his way. 
Um, he's stoic. He doesn't say too much. Like he's your quintessential Aussie bloke. Um, but yet he's he, 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 like barter will melt in his mouth. Like he is soft. He's a teddy bear. Mm. Um, and he's so empathic. And I mean, he raised my sister and I. My gosh, we were terrors as no, really. teenagers. Yeah. Like my sister, she was a terror. I was a terror. I was this same-sex kid trying to come out and my dad would sit there in his 1984 Sigma outside of a the gay help clinic uh-huh. um, in the city because he didn't want to leave his son on his own wow. um, as the car is idling and um, he he would just do that and break in all forms of st- um breaking all forms of kind of like stereotypes around dads and mm, what it yeah. should be. So he was just wanting the best for us and I couldn't ask for anything more. So why wouldn't you want to emulate that? Yep. Yeah. That's some healthy masculinity right there from Absolutely. dad. Absolutely. Yeah. And that would have been, you know, at a time when that wasn't as, you know, you know common or spoken about either. No, nah, it definitely wasn't. It was at a time when like Tracy Grimshaw, I think, was still on 60 Minutes or some <laughs> something like that. And um, and we recall like they were, they were doing a, a story about two two men living in the same household, holding hands. And, and I, I recall as a kid watching my family see it as being like a bit of a taboo, but it kind of wasn't. Um, but then I recall at school people talking about it as being taboo and really upsetting and um, how, how disgusting Channel 9 was at the time. Sorry if that's a promoter of yours. Nah, but um, right. We're not I, that big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but promoting that level of um, like family dynamic. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there was significant sig- stigma at the time, still is in certain cultures and yeah. parts of Australia. But for my dad genuinely to sit there um, and do that, um, he was breaking mm. so many barriers. Totally. Can you tell us a little bit for our listeners who might not be aware, um, uh, a little bit more about White Ribbon Australia, you know, what the organisation does and essentially what you do uh, in your role? White Ribbon Australia exists because of the more than 2.2 million acts of abuse that have been inflicted on women in Australia. So whilst women predominantly um, are the victim, I'm not going to negate and dismiss the fact that um, men are also victims of domestic violence and abuse, but predominantly it is women that experience domestic violence um, at the hands of a former or current intimate partner and it is at epidemic proportions in Australia. So White Ribbon exists to stop all forms of men's violence against women. And we do that by looking at primary prevention. And what we mean by that is actually stopping it before it starts. Education. Education, awareness, um, changing the way that we think structurally, collective impact, but also talking to the 3.1 million Australian men, which we call the movable middle, the men that are kind of sitting on the fence, not quite sure what to do, um, apprehensive, apathetic, indifferent maybe at best, but those gen- those men that want to do something, but for some reason they have a reason that they're not and we want to activate them to make women's safety an issue that they care about. Um, So White Ribbon Australia is not about providing that level of support at a crisis or recovery end. Um, We are all about trying to stop this before it starts. And the thing about domestic violence and abuse or men's violence against women is that no man is born violent. It's like that nature-nurture debate Mm. was thrown out of the windows years ago. So no man is born violent, yet so many Australian men don't want to actively get involved with the issue. Um, They might say things like, she's not my missus, I'm not violent, or what do I know, what could I actually do? Um, I'm only one person. 
But we say to Australian men, it doesn't matter what reason, there is no good reason not to be involved. Mm. Yeah. So do you want do you want these men, these movable middle, to be involved in the conversation, not just like absorbing the education essentially uh we spoke earlier about you know a lot of men are at the moment kind of scared to speak um because they're scared of what they might say might be wrong or might you know be um you know cause them to be cancelled like that kind of um, language um yeah so how, how do you want them to be involved in that conversation i think one of the biggest shames we've done um in australian society is collectively shake the finger at australian men and said you're the problem i get that and yeah, and, and I talk to Australian men all the time mm-hmm. um, and they're feeling really confused. Um, and we're saying to them, well, you're not the problem. You're actually part of the solution. Um, and we want you to be a good upstander. And what that means is call out everyday sexism, um, role model conversations around fathering like you're doing here on the Shit Dad podcast. Um, collectively share the responsibility of the household. Like ask your partner, is it a choice Is it an expe- or is it an expectation? Um, and in your workplace as well, lead gender equality initiatives. Um, look at gender pay gap, for example, and make that a cause that you want to champion if you've got the power and that privilege to do so in your workplace. What we're asking men to do is look at their own agency and skill set and do something about it. So when I look at some of the men that we work with, um, we have this most amazing guy, Zach. Um, he works at Sydney Barbers um, and he promotes uh, barbershop resources um, to his customers that come in because he's using his skill and agency as a barber and as an owner and a small business owner to do something about educating men in his community. Um, Or you've got individuals like Samson in my hometown who's fantastic at coding and has created a women's safety app um, because he feels that's his way that he can contribute to this conversation. If we just look deeply within ourselves, we have the agency and skill to do something about it. And if we all collectively do that, we can definitely stop this. Might not happen overnight, but it can happen in a generation. That's really interesting. You'd yeah. be part of the solution as opposed to just yeah, sitting back and not doing anything. Do you have like a, a certain industry that the, that type of man comes from that is part of the statistic? Like office, blue work, uh, blue collar... That sort of stuff? Oh, uh, yeah. Look, the great thing, well, not the great thing, the th- I'll rephrase that one. Um, the thing with domestic violence and abuse is it doesn't discriminate. No. Um, every part of Australia is touched by it, so which means that all of us can play a role in it. Um, so there isn't a blue-collar, white-collar divide in this. Um, it's not rural or city. Um, it, it happens in every single postcode. And if you don't think it's happening in your neighbourhood, yeah. um, you're completely wrong, completely wrong. And in fact... There's still so much misconception and myth around it. Mm. I mean, one of the things that I often have to debunk when I go around Australia is to say that it's not just physical violence. Um, It's emotional, it's spiritual, financial. Mm. And there's a thing here in Queensland, um, around Australia, but in Queensland called um, criminalisation of coercive control. And coercive control is an umbrella term for all of those things that are kind of non-physical. So they're psychological, social, emotional forms of abuse. And here... Um, it's great that your government is taking a real strong stance around the criminalisation of it. Other jurisdictions are looking at it. Um, Tasmania led it about 10 years ago. Um, they were the first to do it. Um, but it recognises that these non-physical forms of abuse are just as detrimental um, 
as physical forms of abuse. Can I ask, I saw something on the news the other morning that Queensland, it might have been Queensland had like tripled in domestic violence cases in the last however long year or whatever it's been. Um, is that because you're now classifying domestic violence in those umbrella um, areas? Like you, it's gone from physical abuse to now that umbrella of coercive control, um, mental abuse, things like that. It's just sort of you've, there's more things called domestic violence now so there's more cases of it. Is that what it is? I'd have to see the article to be able to comment. Um, yeah, okay. Accurately on it, but genuinely speaking, um, a rise in reports is not necessarily correlates to more incidences of domestic violence and abuse. What it tells me is that more victims mm. and survivors or people experiencing violence, there's a, there's a whole bunch of terms, but mm. I like to use people experiencing violence, are feeling brave enough and courageous enough to come forward um, and tell the authorities that they need some support and help. Um, capturing the incidences of domestic violence and abuse is really hard. Um, so for the the reports that are out there, we know so many don't go reported and there are so many pockets of Australian society, particularly in Aboriginal communities, where it goes underreported. Um, in international students, underreported. In migrant newly settled communities, underreported because there's still cultural barriers that get in the way. So I think that it's a good thing that we that in some areas we do see an increase in those reporting numbers yeah. because that indicates that there is um, probably f- and finally um, a, a real a real snapshot of what's going on yeah. um, and these people are seeking out support and what we're hoping for is that they're getting their um, that right support at the right time yeah that's good can you share a little bit? I, I saw on Instagram you must have posted um, the last few days or so the Ask, Listen, Respect framework. I thought that was really interesting, and then it, um, you know, it was just in particular talking about men and you know how there's this kind of framework that exists to uh, if they're not sure potentially around you know how how to act or how to kind of engage in this kind of conversation. Um, you, you know, I think that you kind of cut it down to a few different areas in which they can um, you know deploy that kind of framework. I found it quite interesting. Yeah, the Ask, Listen, Explain um, is an opportunity to like really break down um, the education in a way that's palatable. There are, the thing with this issue is it's so complex that you don't want to oversimplify it because you could not do it justice. But at the end of the day, we know with any health promotion or any kind of psychoeducation that needs to be um, conveyed in our community, you have to break down complex terms simply Mm. for people to get it. So this ask, listen, explain is part of that. It's about these simple things that we can do, but at the heart of all of my education that White Ribbon puts out there is this notion around how do we uphold respect in every relationship, every time, to everyone, and let's give people the clues so when we look at um, some of the resources we've got, where the Ask, Listen, Explain comes from, we have a digital resource for men called the Barbershop. Yes, um, so, that, yeah. Yeah, it's cool, right? Yeah. You've got the top knot or the mullet or the pompadour. Yeah. Um, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek, right? But, hey, I, I'm an Australian bloke and when I go into the doctor's surgery and I see, like, a pamphlet that says, like, have you had your balls tested? Or, um, like, I turn off from that because <laughs> it's so clinical and a bit confrontational. Yeah. But do you have a quick feeling? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, they feel normal. I'm good. <laughs> uh, look, uh, you have to tell my resting officer. Like, uh, no, I wouldn't. Uh, but certainly this clinical information is off-putting. So we try to do it in a soft way. And so that's why we chose the idea of the mullet and the pompadour mm. hairstyles. But in that we take complex terms. We break it down really simply. And stuff that you can just copy and paste. Mm. So online we know that a lot of young men from our research into our and our insights from our youth programs is that young men are actually looking just for something that they can copy and paste online to stop trolls bullying um, or to stop misogynistic commentary that's happening online. Yeah, right. And they don't have necessarily the interpersonal effectiveness to come up with the words on the spot. And so we say, well, here, just copy and paste these. It's a, it's a pathway of least resistance. So you can copy and paste that, put it out there, and you're demonstrating that you're saying no um, and we've taken away some of the thinking for you to do on the spot because that's some of the barriers, right, for some young men. Mm. Other young men, they wouldn't care. They'd look at the resource and they'd be like, I'm going to write anyway, like, bugger off, like, mm. in my own language. That's not cool. Um, so we want to try to make this information as palatable and as easy and as accessible as possible. Yeah, no, that's great because I think what we often talk about is how um, how you know people don't often know where to start, and so a few of the different um, you know organisations we chat to, first point of call is just like check out the site, you know, sign up for this you know, e-newsletter or anything like that, where you can just slowly see that information out to them. Yeah, I'd love to know. I bet I'm going to word this right. Being a fatherhood podcast, I think we've got to at least look at it from the father's side as well. Mm. So as you said, you mentioned before, you're not downplaying that um, men do suffer domestic violence as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that in conjunction with like the family court system and how maybe because of the stats, may, I don't know why, but uh, men definitely are on the wrong side of it when it comes to um, seeing kids and like blame and things like that when it comes to family courts. Do you have anything... On that? I, I think... Well, what well I do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. So what I said before it stands up, like yeah. men um, absolutely experience violence yeah. and abuse and disrespect um, and we equally need to support them. Um, Why Ribbon Australia's focus, of course, is on the women um, and okay. the girls yeah. and the children. Um, we know that the family court system and other justice systems and health systems, community systems are not fit for purpose. Um, and, of course, there is reforms that are going on across Australia right now. Because everything's changing reforms. so quickly, isn't it? Well, it is changing. And so, and it's a one-size-fits-all definition and approach um, doesn't work. So it's good that we're having those reforms. Um, and I know recently um, there was the public hearings into the family court um, that had occurred in Canberra. Um, and I'm going to wait to see what the outcome of the public hearings and the inquiry are um, to see how that reform unfolds. Yeah, cool. Good to know. Um, one of our favourite guests in the past has been the Men's Table. So they're an organisation mm. that get together and just, you know, facilitate men just chatting uh, all around the country. And one thing that they kind of brought to us was this idea of healthy masculinity. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts on what, uh, in your in your view, masculinity, masculinity uh, looks like today in Australia and, and I, I suppose how that essentially um, needs to evolve in the future? Oh, masculinity in modern Australia, like most parts of the world, has been evolving and continues to do so. And there's no kind of equal playing field. Um, you can ask 
a gay man like myself, what does masculinity mean? And it completely will mean something different to these two fellas, yeah. um, as it would do and as it should. But this notion of where it becomes really tricky is when you have to sign up and subscribe to this one notion of what it means to be a man. Um, and we call that being trapped inside the man box. And I love the man table. I think the organisation is brilliant. Yeah. And if men who are listening to this want to just connect um, at, at that level, um, man, the men's table yeah, yeah. is just brilliant at doing yeah. that. Um, but it's important to note that when we do sign up to a no one's um, to a one size fits all definition of masculinity, that's when things become unstuck, and we know that a narrow perspective on masculinity drives violence against women. Um, I don't use the word toxic masculinity. Um, I find that's unhelpful, mm-hmm. and I like the term you're using, unhealthy forms of masculinity. Yeah. Um, and what we are. Um, what White Ribbon Australia is advocating for is a more expansive notion of what masculinity needs to look like. And so in modern masculinity in Australia, we know that it does now include diversity and inclusion, emotional expression, um, respect and consent, mental health awareness, physical health and well-being, fatherhood and parenting. I mean, it is evolving, but it's not evolving fast enough. You can still go around um, in mass media particularly and see stereotypes and stigmas and notions of what it means to still be a man that are upheld. And I look at um, certain um, like advertisements as I'm driving down here or I wasn't driving, I was in an Uber, I was watching the advertisements and it's um, it's still this kind of this like strong, bold, stoic, kind of good-looking, chiseled jaw, Herculean kind of guy that's been promoted. Um, And that's unhelpful because it it doesn't reflect me, Um, probably doesn't reflect the majority of Australians. doesn't reflect most people. No. (laughs) And yet we have this social responsibility, I think, um, in terms of what we need to do is we need to call that out and challenge that. And I love the idea of law of two feet. Um, and that is that we've got two feet as consumers. We can walk away. We can buy things um, that, or engage in things that reflect us and our values. Yep. Um, and that's my strong encouragement to men listening to this. Like, let's not subscribe collectively. Let's let's make a pact right now, post Father's Day 2023. <laughs> let's not subscribe to these unhealthy notions of masculinity. Um, and that by all, I'm not saying that if you're stoic or you're brave or you're strong, that's bad. It's not. It, it's not at all. But when it's just if that's the only thing we're looking at. That's um, going to make you buy products or something. Yeah. yeah, or if that's the only way you need to uphold or yeah. be in a relationship, like have that power and dominance, that's when it becomes really unhealthy. Mm. And not just for women or for the children in those relationships, but for the man himself. It's exhausting. Being stoic and brave in that. Yeah. So trying to pretend, I guess, with all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And not being able to kind of have that full emotional range of expression. Yeah. Um, And that's what I love about this podcast particularly. I love the concept. I mean, your genesis after 100 plus shows is you came together as fathers because you wanted to bond over something that is so beautiful, Um, your love and admiration of your children. And that in itself, um, maybe 10, 20 years ago, wasn't a thing. I mean, you would be probably called something else by some of your peers. Yeah, um, right. But now we're embracing it. Imagine where we are going to be in the next 20 years, and that's the exciting point. But in order to do that particularly is we need good media representation. We need continue to expand our support networks. We need good education and awareness around um, gender roles, consent and healthy relationships from an early age. 
We need to recognise the unique experiences and challenges faced by men from different backgrounds, including Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander men, men of colour, LGBTIQ plus men. And we also need to look at mentorship and role modelling. And I don't think there's, like, one of the things that I hate hearing is that there's no positive male role models. I'm looking at two right now. Um, well, I'm a positive male role model. There yeah. are plenty of positive male mm. role models out there. Um, I think we look for the stars too much for them. Yeah. Um, we actually just have to look around um, and see that there are these amazing men that are in our communities right now. And let's actually promote and celebrate that and acknowledge that because that's when more men will come and embrace this more expansive notion of masculinity. That's been one of the best parts of this podcast is is uh, not – you know, not meeting celebrities and all these like famous people. It's, it's just the, the everyday dads and hearing their stories and hearing, you know, exactly what you're saying, how they're navigating all of those different things and being themselves. And um, hopefully, yeah, obviously the point of this is to you know, showcase some of those um, yeah. real everyday stories. Yeah, A lot of blokes have their own way of showing masculinity as well, I find. Um, there's men who, <coughs> it's like you say, they're like positive male role models, but... That their way of being masculine maybe a, a more feminine approach. It could be that stoic, you don't really communicate that well but yeah. you show love in different ways and things like that. There's heaps of different ways to show love and but be masculine at the same time. So it's, it's just finding the right balance, I guess, is what you guys are coming from. And when we find that right balance um, and, we, and we uphold it through respect um, and that's not just to our intimate partners and our children, that's respect to ourselves, respect to our work colleagues, mm. the sporting field, in the bars, in the, in the kitchens, in the, in the cafes, everywhere. If we, we, we show respect, I mean, that in itself is going to absolutely create a much more kinder and compassionate world. Men's violence against women, it's, it, it's preventable, all of it, um, because it's predictable. Um, so we know the patterns. Um, we know what creates it. We know what drives it. We know what um, we know what the antecedents are. So when because we do know that, we can absolutely stop this. What are some of those? Just so the average bloke listening can be like, I've seen my mate do that. That's that's a bit weird. Yeah. So when you we know? talk about what drive, how do I identify it? Yeah. When we talk about what drives violence, we talk about gender inequality. Um, we talk about real strict notions, narrow notions of what it means to be a man. Um, we talk about when um, we don't call out um, violence or disrespect or sexism. So when there's that silence or apathy around it, um, and in fact we condone it, right, when we do that. So these are some of the things we know. Um, what we, When we look at signs or symptoms of violence and disrespect, it's hard. I mean, the list is exhaustive. Mm. Um, it's like you, you Google like a cold symptoms and it yeah. comes up with like a million different things. But um, generally speaking, when you start to see power, domination, control, um, these types of behaviours, this should be a red flag, right? Yeah. Um, and mates are in this really good position to call each other out and hold each other accountable. Um, and I see a lot of positive um, examples of that. And it's when I, sorry, it's, it's probably a softer blow coming from a mate too, isn't it? Well, I think there's that currency when you when we're mates and we spend our currency within ourselves by calling each other out. It, it holds more weight. Yeah. 
it, it just does. I mean, ultimately, we would we would love to get to a point where men are reflective individuals, where they say and they start calling their own behaviours mm. out. That's what we want to get to. But we can't just go from where we currently are, status quo, to utopia. We've got to find those acceptable alternatives. One of the best examples of this was when I was in a bar in Darwin um, and... I didn't know, like, I know who I am and I know what I need to do. I'm constantly switched on. But, like, when you're in the urinal, you know what it's like, fellas. You're just, like, head down. You're looking down because you're like, I'm not going to look anywhere else. Head down, go for gold, get the yeah. job done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, not like, it's not like maybe other experiences others might have in toilets where it's a bit more sociable. <laughs> head in, down. I walked into a urinal and I overheard this sexist joke. So... Guy A was saying to Guy B um, a sexist joke about it must have been a, a woman that was they were drinking with. And I, I was, um, as you know, lads, you don't want to go in the middle one. So <laughs> you're, you're going to the cubicle. You're in the cubicle. Yeah, yeah. You're in the cubicle and, and I thought to myself. You, you lock the door and shout something out. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to say something on. I'm going to have to call this out. So I was mustering up all of my um, courage. Had to do my act first. But before I even could turn around and say anything, um, guy A to guy B, um, he kind of clipped his mate across the ear and said, you don't speak about X like this. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's huge. I know. Even with um, unwashed hands. Like, yeah. <laughs> Straight off, fresh off the urinal. So wow. these two fellas left um, and I was like, I was relieved. I was like, oh, gosh, I don't have to be on today. <laughs> but I I walked out and I, I followed them to the front bar mm. um, and I said, hey, I just noticed something, fellas, um, while I was in the toilets. And they were like, whoa, whoa, they got their arms up? Like, what do you mean they noticed something? I said, hey, hey, hey. Like, I might be queer, but I don't go for every fish in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said to them, that was brilliant yeah. um, what you did there. And I told them who I was, what mm. I got up to. Um, I said, maybe next time without the clip on the ear, a non-violent approach is always better. Mm. Uh, and... We ended up having a great time. Like they kept drinking the beers. I had some apple cider with them, and that in itself, that was a, a moment where he's calling himself out. Yeah, um, that's and good. He, and he didn't want he didn't want to be celebrated, put on a pedestal. He didn't want any accolade. He actually said to me, "This just this is just what we do." Yeah, and I think there are many moments like that, and let's make those moments mandatory or yeah. make them multiple, multiply. Let's make them many magical moments across Australia like that because yep. that's exactly what boys and men can do. Mm. And as, as, as fathers of boys, it's like for us it's important to have those discussions around that those types yeah. of behaviours being, you know, the right thing to do and something we want to see more of and we want to see our sons grow up to be those boys who are the ones saying those things to their mates and calling them out essentially. Yeah. And accept that you're going to get it messy like, and that you can make mistakes uh, when was it, as it? When did we come up with uh, this notion in our community that you got to be perfect? Like it, when you try new things um, and you're trying to adapt to a new attitude or perspective, like you're going to have messy conversations. We're going to make things wrong. So when we particularly talk to our young boys and young lads, like they might not be feeling comfortable all of the time to stand up to a bully. Um, but what is their acceptable alternatives in that moment? Um Let's just take off the table doing nothing. Yeah. Let's just say that's not your option. Yeah. But everything else is an acceptable alternative until we get to a point where we don't have 2.2 million Australian women or a woman every four minutes in Australia being abused. When we get to that point, Mm. then we can relook at a different strategy. 
But until then, we are seeing a national crisis uh, play out in every neighbourhood in Australia. And I'm afraid what we're currently doing is not working. And so we are trying to disrupt that by saying, Australian men, you are welcome. You need to be part of the solution. Yeah. That's great. Do you see any, you know, other, when you look at the research, and I'm sure you're given access to a whole heap of um, data, do you see anything from what any uh, countries overseas are doing uh, and making a lot more progress or any any things that, uh, you know, could be adopted in Australia? Or is it a similar problem every in all countries? Um, how do we kind of compare to the rest of the world? Well, there are some multiple reports. Um, there was a report released last year around the attitudes towards women um, and it was pretty damning of Australian men um, that held quite misogynistic attitudes towards women. Um, earlier this year, we had, um, sorry, June this year, there was the Global um, global Gender, Social Gender Index for the United Nations report. I probably really stuffed that one up. But, um, Paraphrase. Yeah, so <laughs> United Na- let's just say United Nations report into gender um, social, social norms yeah. and Australian men, um, Australians, um, were asked about their attitudes if it was appropriate for men, um, a wife, a husband to beat a wife, and it was around seventeen percent of Australians still said that that was appropriate. What? So our attitudes compared to twenty five percent of the world. So we're below average in that regard, but still it should be zero yeah, percent. Yeah, it's seventeen percent too many. Yeah, and twenty twenty three. Geez, that's astounding. Yeah. So our attitudes are. are the, we hold quite misogynistic attitudes here in Australia, but across the world, this is a global problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is no country that's immune to it. One in three girls, um, or one in three women are experiencing some form of violence right now, um, at the hands of a man. And when we look at sexual based violence and sexual abuse, um, 97% of the perpetrators are men. Um, and I, and most of the victims or people that experience sexual-based violence are women, girls or boys. Um, or So we we do have a lot of work to do, but we can look to the rest of the world, but we can also look internally mm. here. There are some amazing things that are happening. Men's Table is one of mm. those that is happening um, here in Queensland. Um, Small Steps for Hannah is an amazing organisation. It's doing incredible work. Um, my parent organisation, Communicare, um, which is a Perth-based WA organisation, has been leading men's behaviour change programming for the last 20 years, including the Southern Hemisphere's largest and leading um, residential men's program. Um, we don't have enough money and resources and really political grit at the moment to actually fund men's programs. Mm. Um, we need to. We need to look really seriously about what supports are available for men. Yeah. Um, and I think that in itself is a national conversation that's yet to have to that's yet to happen, and we need to have it urgently. So we we can do a lot with what we've got. We can look externally at the rest of the world, um, and of course, White Ribbon Australia is part of a global movement. We have sixty chapters around the world. And we're constantly connecting with one another. I do a lot of work globally, um, particularly in the Indo-Pacific region. And um, the reality is, though, um, no country is immune to this. Um, no country's got it right. Wow. it's heavy stuff, hey? It's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's very alarming. It's just, it opens your eyes when you see the stats. Mm, yeah, I think it's an important conversation. Oh, it's definitely. something that we wanted to obviously like bring to the listeners as well. Yep, definitely. 
Um, so we did ask you, obviously, like we just said, it's, it's a really, um, you know, you, you're obviously heavily, you know, emotionally invested into this and you obviously sound like you're the right person for this role. Yeah. How do you keep motivated and focused through some of what, uh, and positive through what can be like a really, um, you know, negative kind of industry and obviously like um, movement that you're trying to push? I want to give you the PC answer. Um, by saying, oh, no. like resiliency and um, all of that. <laughs> nah, mate, be honest. It's all about honesty. Yeah, to be frank, this this is a tough gig. Yeah. This is tough because um, you see the worst and yet you also see the best in human nature. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it's tough. But the reality is as, as an Australian man, I'm responsible and I'm accountable yeah. to solve this. Um, I know what my skill sets are and I'm good at what I do. Mm. Um, and, I th- and I own that and I will continue to do this um, right up until we end this, um, which won't probably happen in my lifetime, unfortunately, but I know that your daughters and the daughter and to the men that are listening who have daughters, we can not allow them to be a statistic yeah. um, and we can do what we can to, in order to create a world of kindness and respect for them. So that's what I'm doing. So the way I get through it is, is that I do it like a, I do this job like I would do any single other job. I put my heart and soul into it, um, and uh, I wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah. That's that's the reality. Yeah. So yeah, love I love the passion you've got for White Ribbon Australia. It's unreal and women's rights and things. Um, but w- without. We're on a fatherhood podcast, so it'd be weird not to talk about your journey as a father. Well, I just want to revisit it. Like, do you, you obviously show that same passion at home with your um, daughter. Um, so, like, what, what is, how do you bond? How do you bond with your daughter? I think. Um, when you, sorry, when you're home. Yeah, yeah no, no, look, I, I think the, uh, I'm also pediatric um, clinician. So, um, the thing that I want to tell listeners, it's so important that um, it's quality, not quantity of time. Um, so whenever I'm with my daughter, I focus on her. Um, she's my 100% attention. If she's playing with a bow and arrow set, um, <laughs> we are playing bow and arrow. And if she's moving over to make chocolate-covered strawberries, um, we are making chocolate-covered strawberries. So I give her my undivided attention. Um, I get on my knees, I meet her where she's at and I, um, I meet her at her level. Um, and so we, 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 and I get into her world and that's what I love the most. So get on her plane, tune into her frequency. Um, and she teaches me so much. She, I, like, you know how amazing it is? Yeah. Like they, are, they, you, you feel like you're giving them so much. But the reality is you're getting so much from them. Yeah. It's – I don't know the word. It fills your fills your, your cup. Yeah. Whatever that is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But how annoying is it when they use your wisdom against you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, uh, I, 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 um, I genuinely mean it. Like um, we um, – being a parent is a gift – it's an absolute gift and I, and I would never, um, I'd never want anything else um, that's different to that. So, yeah. yeah. And, well, we, we also celebrate, like we agree with you, but we also celebrate the uh, 
the moments that aren't so great because <laughs> we would we'd be lying if we said that there weren't any. Mm. Um, I think parenting comes with its balance of great times, it being rewarding, but also comes with the down times as well where things just really aren't going your way or theirs and it's sort of personality clashes because they're just a mini version of yourself. Um, but, yeah, just <laughs> what, do, you, do you have bad times as well or is it? <laughs> of course. Of course <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> have we got Bandit Healer over here from <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. Um, I think final question for me is you mentioned before you enjoyed gym. So how, like, how do you look after yourself physically and mentally to obviously, you know, um, like I said, fill your cup, you know, when you, when you can't spend time with your daughter or when, you, when things get, you know, hectic at work, how do you kind of spend your time looking after yourself? Uh, 5 a.m. club, best yep. thing I've yeah, ever done. That's yeah. the way. That is the way. Um, I don't see it as a chore. I see it as a, an investment. Um, so go into the gym every single morning yep. um, without a doubt even if I'm injured um, or have a bite on my ankle. Let's just put it like that way. Um, from an animal. Um, I'll just from an animal. Seems freaking freaking massive. Yeah. So, yeah, making that commitment. Yeah. And also having people around you that you can chat to. Um, so critical. And we're not talking like deep in meaningfuls every single day, but having um, an assortment of individuals that you can reach out to that you know that would be um, give you the time and the energy and the devotion that you need that can fill your cup up. Um, informal supports, I don't know why we call them informal supports, are actually the best. They're your formal supports. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, having a really good informal support network, family and friends, so that's probably the best way that yeah. I can – that's a way that keeps me balanced and physically and mentally healthy. Yeah, nice. But, yeah, joining the 5 a.m. club. Yeah, I love I did that. it when I was 24. Uh, I was just like fat, 20-something. I was like 120 kilos. Were well, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I was um, quite the heavy lad. I used to – I loved the fast food and um, playing the Nintendo 64, I think it was. Um, so – uh, I thought, gosh, I've got to do something a bit different. I, 24, 25 years of my life, yeah. I thought, okay, I did that lifestyle. I'm going to turn flip it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and you haven't looked back? I haven't looked back. That's um, unreal. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, as you get older, as we are all getting older, um, all the health conditions settle in. <laughs> yeah. The ailments. Yeah. <laughs> Nick knows about those. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm injured every other week. It's killing me. <laughs> Oh, that's it for me. Yeah. Wow. I, I uh, Once again, I can't thank you enough uh, for coming on and sharing um, your story as well as all the great work that you're doing. Um, like we said, it's a really important uh, message to be getting out there. And, um, yeah, we'd, we'll, we'll once again, a few of the different um, organisations and websites you've mentioned we'll put in the show notes as well just so if any of our listeners can just dive in there and have a look. And I love the idea of... Um, some of the resources, the barbershop, um, being able to, you know, co- copy and paste things and just starting there, you know, to have those conversations online as well. Um, so, yeah, thank you again, thank you again for, uh, for your time tonight. Um, is there anything else, final, final words that you would want to um, part to any of the listeners before, before you go? You are part of the solution. And I mean that in every genuine sense of the world and the way that I convey it, you are definitely part of the solution. So... I call all Australian men to join our movement. Um, you can start a small by looking at our barbershop resources. You can do, devote a bit of time and become a community partner. If you've, you're in a workplace, get your workplace accredited by White Ribbon Australia. Mm. It's the best way to look at your policies, practices and procedures to make sure that they actually are, are top-notch um, and most genuinely and heartfeltly um, 
because this is a shit dad podcast. This is a, a father podcast. If you're a father out there and you want to get involved, um, check out our father and resources at whiteribbon.org.au. Um, awesome. um, we want you to be part of our movement. We need you to be part of our movement because we can definitely stop all forms of men's violence against women in a generation. Unreal. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks. Thank you. So we've got a our shit dad story of the week from Dave. So I'll play that now for you. Hey lads, just sending through my shit dad story for the week. Happened on uh, Father's Day for me, and it involves a slide again, and of course miss one. Uh, clearly learned my lesson from last time, and I do not let her down the slide by herself. But this time she wanted to come down with me. Uh, she went a little bit ahead of me. Um, I just had her arms and away she went just down in front of me a little bit, still holding on. But she decided to point her toes and they stuck to the slide and her leg then curled up underneath her. Luckily we were down towards the bottom, um, able just to quickly flick flick her up and get her out and after a little, little kind of quick shock teary, she was good to go again. But I guess the good old kicker to it too is... Um, you know, the wife again was there going, oh, you got to be kidding me with slides. Anyway, today, uh, went out for brekkie and there was a little play area there and she had herself uh, near the slide and little miss wanted to hold her hand as she went down. And she's like, no, no, you've got it, you've got it. Anyway, so she slid down by herself, came off the bottom. Nothing too dangerous, but anyway, I just turned to her and said, um, isn't that why you hold their hands to go down? <laughs> anyway just uh, learnt my lesson to uh, watch out on the slides but also don't give the missus shit for the same thing that you did it doesn't end well mate <laughs> enjoy boys, it was a great show that's so good <laughs> Dave's kid and slides what I know. and the way he gave his missus curry after <laughs> he'd done it already twice in the past, whatever it is, two weeks he's, he's getting his comeuppance now comeuppance Shit dad moment for me this week uh, comes on Father's Day, of course. The best day to have any kind of shit dad story. Um, I, I don't. I'm sure you've seen these things online, and this is one of my. This is my favourite gift that I was. I, I mentioned earlier a few different things from the kids, um, but this is almost like my wife enabling me to have a little shit dad moment. Good. Uh, so she got me this t-shirt, just a you know, plain old white t-shirt, and on the back is uh, essentially a race car track. You know, like the mats you get with the car and the cars and the That's, roads and everything. Yeah. And I've seen these online. I'm sure a few of the listeners have as well. Essentially, what that enables you to do is to lie down flat on your belly on a pillow, close your eyes, and have a nap while the kids <laughs> drive cars <laughs> on your back. <laughs> How and long does it last, though? They were doing it for a while. They're pretty excited. So and it's almost like a little mini massage. Yeah, so, nice. Yeah, that was uh, that's my little moment. So I've, I've been I've been allowed to have a little a quiet time lying and having a little uh, snooze. That's a great day. Maybe moment. I should uh, be doing that in the hammock. That could work even. Yeah, better. definitely in the nakey. Uh, my shit dad moment this week came from my dump run on Father's Day with the kids. Um, it was a bit of a family affair because the wife came too, and we all just went to the tip because we just wanted something to do in the sun. It was great. Uh, anyway. We got to the tip and the kids, like we were going for lunch afterwards. The kids were a bit rowdy. The boy started punching on just as we pulled up to the lady at the the window. Uh, and basically she's seen me 
reach over and growl at him and then she's like, have you told him about the kid bin? Like this is loud enough for him to hear. I was like, what do you mean? Is there, a ki- is, is there one of those here? And she's looked at me and gone, yeah, it's just over the back there. Usually we just put the naughty kids in there. And I was like playing along this whole time and the missus is in stitches in the front seat and the kids are immediately shut up and looked out the other window for looking for this kid bin. God, it was so good. Um, and then I ended up saying, if you don't shut your mouths right now, you're not getting lunch. We're going to Bunnings and you can have a Bunnings sausage for lunch. And looking back, I was like, that's not even a punishment. No, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> <That's> actually, <laughs> and it would have been cheap for me too. But, yeah, that's my shit dad moment, the old kid bin. That's great. Mm. Shout out to that lady. Yeah, cheers, love. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. But, yeah, that's uh, that's our shit dad stories of the week this week. Hope you enjoyed them. Um, that leads us on to the final thing of the show, our multi, with it being the last week of the finals, uh, last week before finals and only one of our teams making the finals, I think maybe... Um, we'll make this the last. Oh, well, we could probably just keep going until all our three teams are out. Yeah, yeah. But it's not going to happen because the Broncos are going to win the final. They're going to win the granny. Did they win the minor premiership? No, they oh. didn't because they played a half-strength team and that's actually what let us down in the multi this week. So I was go. really disgusted. It's their fault. Yeah, it is their fault <laughs> that we didn't win 50 bucks. <laughs> And the minor premiership. So, yeah, last round, the baby Broncos let us down. But this round, what we're going to do is wait for the, the team list to come out. Uh, they come out, or oh, they should be out now, but um, we're going to wait for some better markets to come up closer to the game, which is Thursday or Friday night. Um, so, yeah, I'll pop it up on the socials, the bet responsibly slip, uh, and we'll probably go uh, a same-game multi for the Broncos versus Storm game this week. Sounds good. Up the Bronx. Yes, sir. But happy Mad Mondays now to um, the Gold Coast Titans and the Dolphins. Oh, yeah, fins up. Maybe I can join them. At the, at the leagues. Get <laughs> yeah, down to the leagues. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, mate, I think that wraps it up for uh, for another week. A, uh, really great episode. Once again, thanks to Alan. Yeah, uh, and definitely. Dave, we hope you are recovering well. From Pink Eye. But that wraps up another week in fatherhood, guys. Uh, we'll be in your ears this time again next week. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Have a good week, everyone. See ya. For the kids. <laughs>